Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Crystal Sparks and my goal of this podcast is to help grow your faith and to help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. Well, hey, no matter if you are here all the time or maybe you just found me, uh, maybe somebody shared this with you, I'm so grateful that we get to share this time together. Be sure and do me a favor and hit the follow or subscribe button uh, wherever you're listening to this so you'll never miss out when I upload something because who knows, I might upload something next week and <laughs> it might be in two months, you know? Honestly, you know, side note, I I heard some something a long time ago that said anything that's worth doing is worth doing poorly and I hated that statement because I thought that's such a lie like if you're going to do something you got to do it well and um, I've kind of fought with that but then it hit me the other day I was like no anything that's worth doing is worth doing poorly like you're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes whenever you brush them. But if you only have a minute, it's better than no minutes, right? Um, It would be great to do an hour workout every time you go to work out. But sometimes you don't have an hour, you only have 20 minutes. And all of a sudden, I realized, oh, anything that's worth doing is worth doing poorly. And I think sometimes perfection keeps us from doing what we want to do and what we feel called to do. Which for me with this podcast for so long, I always felt like, well, if I'm not going to do weekly content, then there's no sense in even doing it. But done is fun. And uh, we have that saying in my life and around our office that done really is fun. And so sometimes you just do it and you put it out. So this is me. Done is fun. I haven't done this in a hot minute. And I always feel like I have to explain to you why I'm not here. But Anyways, um, at my staff uh, recently, uh, we do something called Staff Chapel on Fridays, and we come together, all of our departments, and we uh, have prayer corporately together, and then uh, we usually have a teaching, and then sometimes we break out into groups, but I've been in a mini-series with my staff, and it's called You Know You're Drifting When, and uh, it comes from the premise of this, is that nobody ever gets to like starts out in their journey with God of man I really want to drift far from him nobody starts out in a passionate uh, relationship with Jesus and is like man I hope one day I'm backslidden from God nobody gets married and thinks man one day I want to end up in divorce right drifting happens little by little and uh, for me uh, my kids they love going to the ocean and Brian and I uh, were with our friends the bonies and we went to uh, Florida and we're there sitting with the kids and they were playing in the ocean and we had told them hey just stay right here in front of us well the waves were just slowly pushing them further and further down until finally the dads got mad at us because the kids had drifted so far away from us and the thing is our kids were never set out to be rebellious to uh, set out to try to get as far as they could from us it was just that the waves or if you would the natural circumstances of life We're just slowly pushing them further and further from us. And I think about this as it relates to our relationship with God. I don't think any of us ever have a a deliberate goal of, man, I want to grow cold in my walk with God or I want to get distant from God. No, if anything, it's the opposite. But the circumstances of life just slowly push us uh, little by little and we find ourselves drifting away. And so uh, for today, in part one of this mini-series, I'd like to share with you that you know you're drifting when you stop trusting and you start controlling. When you stop trusting and you start controlling. In Matthew 6, 25, uh, Jesus is speaking and he says this, Therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy. 
anxious and worried about your life, what you shall eat and what you shall drink and or about your body and what you should put on it. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above more excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor weep nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by worrying, by being anxious, can add one unit of measure, cubit, to his stature or to the span of his life? And why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And I love this because it goes on again into verse 31. He says, Therefore, do not worry and be anxious, saying, What are we going to eat or what are we going to drink? or what are we going to wear? Uh, I love this because Jesus repeatedly lets them know that to stop worrying. And I think about this, that if Jesus tells us not to do something, that means it's in our capacity to be able to obey it. And a lot of times we just start to dismiss off, well, I'm just a person that gets worried a lot. I, I just tend to be an anxious person. Well, actually, scripture says the opposite. Like it's actually within our control that we can choose to stop worrying. But for us to do this, it means that we're going to have to surrender control. And for me in my life, I think found myself when I'm trusting God the least, I'm trying to control the most. And the more I trust God, the less I have the need to control. I was on a run and I was just thinking about how uh, Jesus, his interaction with the Pharisees and how the Pharisees had such a hard time accepting Jesus. I think about this because they saw the same miracles the disciples saw. They saw the loaves and fish multiplied. They saw the water turn into wine. They were there when Lazarus comes out of the tomb. They saw all the same miracles. In fact, uh, whenever the man with a withered hand stretched out his hand to Jesus, uh, they were there. They saw that. But the problem with the Pharisees was that they couldn't control Jesus. And because they couldn't control him, they couldn't follow him. And I I think about this because they were frustrated. They thought that Jesus would come from a different location, that he would have a different purpose, that he would do miracles on set times, set days. And I begin to think about how in our life, it's when we try to control Jesus that we become Pharisees, right? We're not able to trust him. And because we're not able to trust him, we lose our ability to follow him. And there was three things that really the Pharisees wanted to control. Number one, they wanted to control the relationships that Jesus had. They wanted to control on who Jesus moved on behalf of. In fact, even the woman, um, as she's wiping Jesus' feet with her hair, they said if he only knew what matter of woman this was. Uh, They were judgmental when he sat at the table with the tax collectors. They wanted to control the relationships. And I think about this in my life, that there's times where I'm critical of what Jesus is doing in the lives of others. And I get into a scarcity mindset. And I want to control it because if I'll just be honest, I'm frustrated with what Jesus is doing in others because I don't fully trust he'll do it in me. And it's when I trust that he's got everything under control that I stop worrying, right? And I release control of my life. Number two, uh, they got frustrated with Jesus' timing. They didn't like that he did miracles on Sundays. They didn't like that Lazarus was dead in a tomb four days before he decided to show up. They had this timeline that Jesus should have operated on. And the minute Jesus stepped outside of that, they had a hard time trusting him. And I want to ask you, what timeline has God not moved on 
that kept you from trusting him. I think a lot of us, if we will be honest, we trust God into a certain point. And I remember God told me a long time ago that if my faith has an expiration date, then it's really not faith. And I I think about things in our pantry, they all have expiration dates, right? You wouldn't want to drink milk that's got an expiration date that was a week ago, right? You wouldn't open up canned food. I found um, a canned food item in my pantry a while back. I posted it on Instagram and it had been expired like two years ago. And I was like, should I eat it? Yes or no, right? And But I think about this, that it's okay for pantry food to have it. It's okay for our milk to have it, but it's not okay for our faith to have it. And for the Pharisees, they couldn't recognize God in the flesh, Jesus. Uh, John chapter one says the word became flesh and dwelt among them and they were unable to see it, right? Why? Because it didn't fit their timeline. Are you missing what God's doing in this season? Because you're still uh, hung up on your disappointment of your last season. The third thing um, that they couldn't let go of is their plans. They had it perfectly mapped out of how God was going to move. They they had it all planned and they couldn't see it when Jesus comes riding in on a baby donkey. It looked so different. He was a carpenter's son. He came out of the least likely of places, Nazareth. It was it totally wrecked every plan that they had built. And I want to ask you, when have you stopped seeing God in your current plans? For a lot of us, um, we stopped trusting and we started controlling when we fell more in love with the plan we made for our life than the plan God has. In Jeremiah, it says that God says, I know the plans that I have for you. And so, in other words, if God knows the plan, then I need to surrender my right to have my own plans. I need to trust his plan above mine. But a lot of times we tend to think that we're trusting God and we're trusting is easy until we start to lose control of the things that we've worked so hard to control, whether it's our children, our marriages, our homes, our schedules, our routines, our friendships, our education, our career, our savings, or our spiritual lives. As strange as that may sound, we think that we're in control until things stop being in our control, right? And honestly, I'll say it this way, we think we're trusting God until things are out of our control. And it's in those moments where we realize that we can't in our own ability turn our savings account around. In our own ability, we can't turn our job around. In our own ability, we can't turn our kids around. It's in those moments that we realize, have I been trusting God or was it just fake trust because I was actually no, no I was actually in control. Um, so trusting God takes intentionality, right? It takes intentional, perpetual, repeated choosing. It's every day saying, God, I trust you. I surrender my right to know it all. I surrender my right to be in control and I trust you. So why why do we try to control things? I, I was thinking about this on my run. Uh, whenever I was just conversing with the Lord where I got this um, whole staff chapel for our staff, and it really just comes down to fear. Um, fear is this, is that I, it always paints, it always attempts to paint a picture of our future where God is absent. And fear wants to tell us that God is going to let us down. And what fear says is that you are more able to be God than God. Because what we think when we're attempting control is that we think, if I could write the story of my life, I could do it better than God. If I could write the story of my finances, I, I know how to provide for myself. I know how to get myself out of this. And the truth is, is that you're not God. Like, only God is good at being God. And 
I found that all of life is continuously changing. And if you're trying to control it, you'll never be able to fully live it. Instead of living life, you'll live afraid of life. And so whenever changes start to happen and we are trying to uh, either choose, am I going to trust God or am I going to control the what ifs start to come in? And the enemy is so good at the what ifs. What if I lose my job? What if there's something seriously wrong with my body? What if I never get married? What if I don't get to finish school? What if I don't get into the college I want? What if I can't pay my bills? What if I get a divorce? What if the car breaks down? What if we lose our home? What if we lose all that we've worked so hard for? And the crazy thing is, is the enemy's never satisfied with what one what if. He keeps painting another one and another one. And each one sends us into a spiral that tells us that we need to get back in control. And each what if takes you to another step of not trusting God. And if we're not careful, we can go from peace to panic, from wonder to worry, from stewarding to squandering, from preparation to just winging it, and from trust to being terrified in minutes. What ifs? I've had the enemy do this to me. I can go from being in the most powerful moment in the presence of God. I'm on a run. I hear the Lord. And then in a moment, one text message, one email, one phone call uh, can send me into a spin. And it's in those moments that I have to decide, okay, am I going to trust God or am I going to believe more in the signals or the things that the enemy is saying? So trust. Uh, This life requires for us to be fastened to Christ. The only way that we're not going to drift is if all my trust is in in the Lord and not myself. And so think of it this way. Um, in our lives that you are anchored to something. You're either anchored to something that is moving um, and moving things are our circumstances, our jobs, our relationships. Those things are always moving. The only thing that is immovable is Christ. In fact, the Bible says, I believe it's in Corinthians, it says that the things of this world, they're temporal, they're temporary, they're, they're going away. But the things that are unseen, they're eternal. And so I want to encourage you, the only thing that isn't going to move is Christ. And so it's fixing our hope, fixing our trust in those places. And so when I start to feel my assurance, my confidence um, being shaken, it's because I placed it in things that were never meant to have my life built upon. And so I believe there's times in our life uh, when in order to stop drifting, uh, we need to go back to what we know to be true about God. And and things we know to be true about God is that God is good. Psalms 119.68, that God is holy. 1 Peter 1.16, that God is love and his love endures forever. 1 John 4, 7 through 8, that God is for us. Who can be against us? Romans 8.31, that God sings over us and rejoices over us. Zephaniah. 3 14 through 17 that God is faithful to us and he keeps all his promises Hebrews 10 23 that God's fight God fights for us in second Chronicles 20 15 that God is just Psalms 50 verse 6 uh, God is merciful and compassionate toward us Psalms 86 15 that God is always kind and ready to forgive us Psalms 86 verse 5 God knows all things Psalms 139 God does not make 
make mistakes, Psalms 18.30. God is on the throne, Hebrews 8.1, and God is in control. I, I think this in my life, I have to remind myself of the things that I know to be true. And those things, those things that are written in God's word that tells us about his character and his nature, those are the things I have to fasten my life to. Those are the things that I should anchor my confidence in. N.T. Wright referred to this as living in the already and the not yet. And that's where our hope rests, right? It, it rests somewhere in the already, which these are the things that I know that God is. And I anchor myself in that. And the not yet is what my future holds. But as long as the truth of who I am and who God is is anchored in those truths of his word, then the not yet seems not as big of a deal. Because my faith comes from who he is, not what my circumstances are saying. And so I believe in our lives to be able to do this, that we have to begin to surrender, right? We have to surrender the questions to him, that we have to surrender our rights, surrender the things that we don't know. And I I found this, and for me, is surrender is just this, that I have no right or uh, say in what happens next. And so I'm fully trusting on the Lord. So one of the things Laura has me doing, my counselor, is to picture our heart and our spirit. It's like a lake. And so wherever you're at right now, I want you to picture that you're looking out at a beautiful, nice, still lake. And around that lake, there's all kinds of trees. And as you're sitting there looking at the lake, uh, there is a leaf that drops from one of the trees and the leaf falls into the lake. Now, when the leaf falls in the lake, it causes ripples and you see all the ripples going out into the water. Now, sometimes with control, what we do and with worry is we try to go out in the lake to get the leaf in an attempt to stop the ripples that were caused on this nice still lake. But whenever we do that, we're causing all this disturbance in the lake. It's more disturbance to get the leaf than to just sit and just calmly watch the ripples as they slowly fade away. And so I asked Laura, I said, well, Laura, what if it isn't a leaf that fell in the lake? What if it's like a whole branch? Like, (laughs) what if like a whole branch? Because sometimes in life, it doesn't feel like it's just a leaf. It's like a whole branch just dropped in your lake. And she's like, it's okay. Eventually the ripples are going to stop, but it's going to cause more disturbance to go out. And I just want to encourage you wherever you're at listening to this, that it's going to cause more disturbance if you go out through worry and anxiety and stress to try to stop or control what's happening in your life than to just sit there and watch the leaf in the lake and ask yourself these two questions. What do I know about God to be true? What do I know about God to be true? And the second thing is, what do I need to be reminded of right now? Like, what do I need? And so I've been asking myself those questions whenever uh, things happen and I see myself trying to control, right? Um, I ask myself, what do I know about God to be true? And what do I need to be reminded of right now? Like, what do, what do I need to be reminded of? And as I've asked myself those questions, the ripples in the lake in my heart and my spirit 
slowly go away. And so even with my friends and people in my life, when stuff happens now, um, I just send them over encouragement. I'm like, don't worry, it's just a leaf. Or I'll just send over the leaf emoji Um, because it really is just a leaf. And right now it seems like a lot, but eventually the lake will come back down and it'll be still again. And so you know you're drifting when you stop trusting and start controlling. So I want to encourage you today, no matter where you're at, that you can make the choice uh, to control, to control. Well, yeah, you could. And you can make the choice to control or you can make the choice to trust God. I hope you got so much out of today's content. Can you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on any new content here on my podcast? Also, one of the best ways for people to find my podcast is by you. If you will, share this podcast on your social media or maybe text it to a friend and help me get the word out so we can help others. Also, everything you need to know about today's podcast will be available down in the show notes. I also have a link for you to stay subscribed to my emails so you never miss out on anything that I have going on. So, hey, thank you so much for being here and let's do something awesome for God this week.